Welcome bike. Draft season is here. And today we're looking at our top 25 running backs for fantasy broken down by tiers. Okay. So you don't leave your drafts in tiers. This is half PPR ranking. So adjust to your league accordingly, standard PPR, whatever you want to do. And a reminder, our draft guide that has all of our rankings in it, running backs, wide receiver, every single position, uh, overall, super flex, one quarterback, that's available for purchase right now on bdge.co. But the easiest and the cheapest way to get it is if you are in a state that's eligible for prize picks, prizepicks.com, or you can just click the link down below in the description. It'll take you right to the app store. You deposit $10 or more on prize picks for the first time using our code BDGE. You're going to get a 100% deposit match on prize picks plus free, free draft guide. All right. We got our rankings, our must draft players, our all fade list. We got a whole lot of gang shit in the draft guide that's available for purchase right now. So if you just want to skip all of my fucking videos for the rest of summer and just know exactly what to do, go cop the draft guide, prizepicks.com, use promo code BDGE. Let's get this shit ripping. Y'all know I love Jonathan Taylor. But before we talk about him, we got to tuck our shirts in. Y'all thought I was going to miss that shit two videos in a row? Nah, not this time of the year, not August, not peak draft season. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is my 101. I have him in a tier of uh, of of his own because a lot of people have been moving C-Mac over JT, and I understand it, the upside, if he stays healthy, all that shit. Here's my plea for Jonathan Taylor. He is a dude who checks every single box on a team that's very good. Everyone's like, his touchdown numbers are going to go down. They're just a good offense, and he's the goal line back, and he also scores from 70 yards away, so I'm not sure that regression to the mean counts towards a guy who's in the 99th percentile of athleticism. Why are we using the mean for someone who is eight times better than the average player in the NFL? I don't care about regression when it comes to JT. What I care about is peace of mind. That's what you're getting with JT. I honestly don't care if he averages two and a half points fewer per game than Christian McCaffrey does when I know this, this dude's going to stay healthy. He has shown year after year after year after year going back to his freshman fucking year at Wisconsin that he can handle three, 350, 400 touches without getting dinged up. The guy stays on the field. He can carry an unbelievable workload. He has breakaway potential. He has the, the goal line back in a great offense. So I know what I'm getting with JT. It might be less on a point-per-game basis than Christian McCaffrey, but I feel way more comfortable having him as my RB1 than I do C-Mac, who I have in the next tier by himself because the upside is obviously league-winning. We've seen it year after year when he does stay healthy. But you have to ask yourself, after all these injuries happen, I know we can't predict them and the players aren't injury-prone, but eventually when you start having all these lower-body serious injuries, things do happen. Scar tissue does build up. You are more likely and more susceptible to getting injured. We had Dr. Jesse Morris on the channel a few weeks ago, and he's concerned about Christian McCaffrey, too. He is a fucking sports orthopedic doctor. Like, he works with N real NFL athletes. Some of the names that he's dropped uh, behind the scenes when I'm talking to him are pretty serious players, and he knows this stuff. He's been doing it for 20 fucking plus years. He's concerned about Christian McCaffrey. So you can be part of the group that just says, oh, you know, he's not injury prone. He's just as likely of a chance to get injured as everybody else. But it's like, okay, or you can listen to fucking science and doctors, and that's what I'm going to do. So C-Mac is my number two there. We have tier number three, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler. These are all guys that I feel very comfortable taking in round one of my fantasy draft in the middle-ish parts of the uh, the early round of fantasy draft. There are the elite wide receivers. I'm going to do the same video for wide receivers tomorrow. There are the elite wide receivers that I would probably be taking over some of these guys to feel more comfortable uh, about that position. But I love all these guys. I think Dalvin Cook with the new more pass-heavy offense in Minnesota is one going to ensure that he's not 
taking as many carries up the middle and probably less susceptible to injuries. Two, get this man in space. He's explosive as shit. I remember when he first came in the league, he was ripping off like 40, 50, 60 yard touchdown runs all the time. We know Derrick Henry's going to get a 400 carry fucking season under his belt again. Going to be the goal line back there. I'm concerned about how good this team is. I'm concerned about the offensive line. Not concerned about the injury, though. We are over the foot injury for Derrick Henry, so don't concern yourself with that. Um, but my biggest concern is the overall makeup of the team. It seems like it's never really mattered for Derrick Henry. It don't fucking matter. He's going to get his 25 carries per game, and he's going to bust one out every, you know, every 10 carries. He's going to rip off a 20, a 30. If you're lucky, it'll be that 60-yard touchdown. So Derrick Henry's just going to be an extremely high-volume, high-home-run type player that we're not concerned about his injury. I've gotten higher on Eckler as this, as the summer has gone by, and no backup running back has carved out the real role there. The guy who I liked, Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M, the rookie, has now suffered an ankle injury that's reportedly week to week. Probably means the high ankle sprain, so I want absolutely nothing to do with him. And behind him, we just saw what Eckler did when Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree were the backups. They did not want to use them as backups. They just gave everything to Eckler. So we might just see a repeat of last year. Is he going to score 20 touchdowns again? Probably not, but wouldn't be surprised if it was 15 because this is a Chargers offense that's one of the best in the NFL. They have one of the best lines in the NFL now. They have the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This offense is going to move and move and move, and we like to move it, move it, right? That's what Austin Eckler is going to be fucking doing in the end zone all year long. So those are the dudes I'm comfortable taking in the first round. When we get to the back of the first round, this is where I start to look at these guys. These are more like the 111, 112, early second round pick. And we have a tier of five dudes, Najee Harris, Saquon, Swift, Kamara, Joe Mixon. Harris and Mixon are dudes that I talked about a couple of videos ago that are really safe players. We know they're going to get a lot of volume in their offenses. Harris, we're concerned about the offensive line. We're concerned about the offense as a whole. Does this offense move smoothly? We also don't know if those target numbers are going to be there for Harris like they were in his rookie year. Again, I've cited this stat many times, but he had one game against Cincinnati last year where he had 19 targets, 14 catches. That accounted for like 20% of his entire receiving total for the rookie year. Probably not something that's going to happen again. You had George Pickens into the mix. We got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Calvin Austin, Pat Fryermuth coming into his second year. Target competition is stiffer in an offense that last year they were the second highest pass rate offense in the NFL. You think they want to do that with Mitch Trubisky under center? No shot. So I think the volume overall comes down for the offense, more target competition. The volume for, for Najee Harris in the passing game is going to come down as well. You know, that's why he's not in the elite tier. There are there are red flags there. Saquon, I haven't really seen him be good for fantasy in, in a couple of years, but he's two years removed from the ACL, new offensive line, new offensive system of Brian Dable. I'm excited to see what Saquon can be this year. He's looked really, really good in the preseason so far. Swift obviously has all the upside in the world, a young explosive back behind a very good offensive line that catches a ton of fucking passes. This feels like it's his true, true breakout season in Detroit. So I'd love to have him as my, you know, my 112 pick or if I'm at the turn there. Alvin Kamara. I mean, we know Alvin Kamara is going to catch 70 to 80 passes. It does seem like the legal side of things will be pushed back until, you know, the offseason or next year or whatever. We had the report from Adam Schefter last week saying that it's unlikely he gets any sort of um, repercussions from whatever's going on with him right now. So if Alvin Kamara is on the field, then Alvin Kamara is going to be on the fucking field and he's going to be balling for your fantasy team. So I put him into this um, into this tier. Now, typically, you know, you might be able to argue that he should be up in that like Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler tier. I do think the legal side of things, we don't really know. It is for sure a mystery. It is for sure something that we can't say for certain is not going to affect him in the middle of the year. So you take the upside of, you know, we've seen him finish top five as a fantasy running back 
like more often than he doesn't. So he has that upside, right? And if you can get him at RB1, RB2 prices, feeling pretty fucking good about that. Mixon's a guy that I don't love, but you know for sure that his workload is going to be crazy on the ground. He's going to get a lot of goal line carries in a really good offense with an improved offensive line. We've just seen a five-year fucking sample size of them not giving him pass catching work. So to just say he's going to get more pass catching work, you're you're going to be you're going to sound like a fucking idiot at the end of the year. So Mixon's my RB10. He finished last year as the RB3 or 4 or some shit. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. But again, the pass catching limitations make me nervous about the upside that he has. I think he's a safe play where you draft him is about where he'll finish. So you can feel good about having the starting running back in a good offense. Then we start moving down the tiers to tier five where it's Aaron Jones, Javonta Williams, Leonard Fournette, and Nick Chubb. The majority of those dudes are in some sort of committee. Jones with AJ Dillon, Javante with Melvin Gordon, Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt. All of them have upside to literally be the RB one or two overall in fantasy but they'll need something to break right for them to get there uh there's no guys in this tier that i'm necessarily fading leonard fournette i'm a he's dropped down i think the first video i made with my rb rankings earlier this summer probably had fournette as like the rb 9 or 10 i'm concerned about this offense i'm gonna be honest they just keep losing pieces like every week they get some offensive lineman that tore their tours acl it was ryan jensen a couple weeks ago and then uh this previous week they lost another starter on the o-line so the middle of their offensive line is kind of in shambles and i'm, I'm worried about what that means for this offense but I do think Lenny will still catch as long as he's healthy he'll still catch like 50 to 60 passes he doesn't really have that explosive game to him anymore that he had when he was a little bit younger so I it's tough to get that that vision out of your head like we've seen Leonard Fournette fail before like we've seen him go a full season with being a bad fantasy back and I don't know if that ever really leaves your peace of mind there so I think that's a hesitation with Fournette but he should have all the work that he could handle in this offense uh until he gets hurt or until you know Rashad White third down back possibly he's a great pass catcher I don't know if he really eats into that role though uh, my concern is that he's a rookie playing with Tom Brady the leash is really short there he fumbled in this weekend's previous preseason game you know if that happens in a regular season game he's probably getting benched and there goes any leash that he did have so that's tier five we move down to tier six and it is Zeke Etienne James Connor now Zeke and Connor are kind of in the same you know play style for me they're early down bruisers who could end up catching a lot of passes. Like Zeke is in a great Dallas offense that passes the ball a lot. They lose a lot of weapons. Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson. So he should benefit from that. James Conner loses Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk. DeAndre Hopkins suspended for six games. James Conner was just so, I mean, both of these guys were just so wildly inefficient, but both of them are going to get a boost in passing targets because of the weapons that left their offense and both of them get so many goal line opportunities. So they feel like dudes who, here's what it's going to be. I, I, I think they're going to get enough volume on the ground. I think they're going to be inefficient, both of them. I think they're going to see a decent amount of targets. And what's going to be the difference between these two guys being good or bad for fantasy is whether or not they score touchdowns. If Zeke ends up scoring seven touchdowns this year, the yardage and the explosiveness will not get him to a point where he's a, you know, a top eight fantasy running back. Same thing with James Conner. But if James Conner goes, goes out and scores another 15 touchdowns, Zeke scores 15 touchdowns, of course, they're going to be top five, top seven back. So it's really a matter of your faith in that offense. How many scoring opportunities are these dudes going to be afforded? And then you ask yourself from there, 
which guy do I like most? Travis Etienne's a younger, explosive dude who's going to get a lot of pass catching work in this Jacksonville offense. James Robinson has obviously been slowly coming back from his Achilles tear. I'm still not sold on the fact that we're going to see James Robinson of last year, of the last two years. I still think for the most part, it's Travis Etienne's backfield to lose at this point, or at least for like the first half of the year. We'll see how it goes the second half of the year. But I have been moving him a little bit down my rankings as he's starting to shoot up into like the third round of fantasy drafts. That's a little bit too rich for me. Fourth, fifth round, that's where I like to pull the trigger on this young explosive back who is, you know, he's all healthy, all set from the Liz Frank injury a year ago and should be a big year for him. Now we move down to the final two tiers. We have tier seven made up of AJ Dillon, Cam Akers, Brees Hall, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery. I think every guy on this list, probably barring David Montgomery, has very high upside. And you guys might be saying like, oh, you've been shitting on Cam Akers and Brees Hall and Dobbins all summer long. And, and they're RB18, they're RB19, they're RB22. Here's the thing. You're looking at just my running back rankings. You know, if you had our draft guide and you were looking at our overall rankings, the teardrop that goes from tier five to tier six and tier six to tier seven is significant where before the Dylan Akers Hall tier, there is a huge landslide of wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. So while Nick Chubb is RB14 and AJ Dillon is RB18, it's only four spots in the rankings. Chubb might be like my 26th overall player. AJ Dillon might be down at like 55 to 60. So there might be... 10 wide receivers, 15 wide receivers, 18 wide receivers, and like six quarterbacks in between that slide. So the tier gap here is very fucking real. So while Cam Akers is RB19, where I'm drafting him overall in my rankings means I probably won't have him on any of my teams. These guys all have giant red flags for me. I, I think Dylan is very safe. I think Dylan and Aaron Jones are going to both eat. I think they're going to both live on the field. I think Dylan will lead the team in carries. I think he'll lead the team in goal line carries. I think he'll catch a lot of passes. He's actually a much better pass catcher than I thought he'd be coming out of school. Jones is going to line up in the slot a fucking ton. I think both of them will eat. Akers is going to be in a committee with Darrell Henderson. I don't know if we ever see him back to 100% from that Achilles tear. That is my concern with Akers. Brees Hall, also going to be in a committee with Michael Carter. If he's not getting the two and four minute drills in a bad offense, it's probably going to be trailing a lot. I'm nervous about that. Zach, uh, their offensive line is already starting to hurt. They lost Makai Becton for the year, who was supposed to be the reason why they took a huge step forward on the offensive line. Love Brees Hall as a prospect, 101 in Dynasty. But for redraft, he'll be a fade for me this year if he's going in the fourth round. Also, Zach Wilson's recovering from an injury. I don't know when he's going to be back, probably early in the year, but who knows. Elijah Mitchell, I mean, it's the 49ers running back group. I can't really, I, I kind of like him as much as anybody in this tier. Uh, I think because it's the 49ers running back group, everyone's so scared to take him. But he for sure has the highest upside. He's explosive. He was awesome last year as a rookie. 1,100 yards from scrimmage in 11 games. Pace that out pretty fucking good for, for a guy that went that late. So I kind of like Mitchell here. If you were to have faded running back and have to pick a guy from the tier, especially relative, he's going way later than these guys in drafts. Dobbins, I'm very scared about the ACL. I don't even know if he's going to be ready for week one at this point. Mike Davis is a must-fucking draft in best ball drafts right now. Montgomery, I just really want nothing to do with that Chicago offense. So tier seven is a huge fade for me based on where they're going overall in drafts. And we get to tier eight, and these are the guys I love because you get these tier eight guys like two to three rounds, sometimes four fucking rounds later. Like you can get Cam Akers is like a fourth round pick. Chase Edmonds and Rashad Penny are like eighth round picks at this point. So Edmonds and Penny are guys I really like that you get really late. Edmonds is going to be the starter there in Miami. We just saw in the preseason game, Tua played like 13 snaps. Edmonds got 10 of them. Sonny Michelle got three of them. Caught, uh, caught a bunch of passes, was targeted early, was targeted often. He's going to catch a lot of passes. I don't know what his ground game is going to be like. Maybe 13 plus carries a game, but that's pretty big fucking numbers for a guy like Chase Edmonds. So um, you start to look at 16 to 17 opportunities 
piece for a guy who's explosive like he is. And I love the upside there for Edmonds. Penny, at this point, I'm, I'm fucking very nervous about Kenneth Walker with the hernia surgery. This close to season's kickoff is a huge red flag for me. If guys are getting hurt at this point and they're suffering from multi-week, week-to-week injuries, that is a giant red flag. Again, you can't predict injuries, but if a dude goes into the season, if he steps onto the NFL field at less than 100% while playing against other dudes that are 100%, his chances of getting hurt are way, way, way higher. And I'm nervous that that's going to be Kenneth Walker. So for right now, Rashad Penny seems locked into that starter role. I think he's got a lot of upside at RB25. And those are my top 25 running back rankings broken down by tier. Yell at me in the comments if you want. Tell me about how fucking terrible I am at this game. It ain't news to me. It ain't fucking news to me. Y'all know what to do now. Subscribe to the channel for the wide receiver video. Hit the thumbs up button and make sure you hit prize picks. Hit prize picks for the draft guide. Plus, we're going to be ripping off parlays all season long on prize picks. We're going to help you fucking clean your bank account out in the worst way possible. I love you. I'm out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.